Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Why, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello, hello. Today is um, today's bank holiday for us <gasps> in the UK. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's always nice having a little cheeky extra day off. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. How's yeah. that feeling? It's good. It's good, actually. Um, yeah. I'm very excited because I'm getting new um, decking put in tomorrow so I've got like a raised area when you come out of the house and some steps that go down yeah and it's like quite literally a death <laughs> right now and yeah. um I've been waiting for months to try and get somebody and the guy's coming tomorrow to start it so my other half very kindly cleared out there was some uh, logs underneath which he was taking for his fire cleared it out and he found a little frog under there <gasps> oh how really oh so oh. we relocated the frog to the bottom of the garden. Oh man, the frog got yeah. evicted. Wow. Oh. I didn't want it to, um, because we'd cleared all the stuff out. And there's um, a few cats that kind of bob oh. in the garden. Oh. And so I didn't want it to get attacked. So um, yeah. he's just gone to the bottom of the garden. It's safer there. <laughs> Hopped into the hedge and oh. life is good. Wow, that's so sweet. So yeah, oh. wildlife. <laughs> wildlife. That's amazing. <laughs> It, it fascinates me to think about um, that particular climate, whether like England, mm. the Channel Islands, which I've obviously yeah. never been to, but just there's there's just such amazing greenery like flora and fauna mm. that, and, and gardens yeah. and the little creatures that make their home in it. So yeah. I would like to actually spend more time there in life. Yeah. Um, they say that there's nothing quite like an English garden. And I suppose that the climate and the Channel yeah. Islands would also support yeah. that. Well, you have to come over. We'll do a live podcast. You know what? And now, you know, it's more and more. I'm like, wait a minute. Now we can actually, now we can actually do that. I think I need yeah. to, to plan a trip. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Uh, All right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's my news. Nice. Um, speaking of news, would you like some relationship news? I would. Let's go for it. What do okay, you got? let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I read a lovely little article this morning about, um, we haven't had any research for a while. Mm. So um, they did some research in a university in um, America mm-hmm. about um, how babies identify when people are in a relationship. So there's something um, in the brain that a baby will look to find out who is most likely to take care of them and meet their needs. And so the and so what they do is they look for people that are in a strong relationship who are around them Mm. to identify if that they're going to be the ones that are most likely going to take care of them. Mm. And the reason that they can tell whether somebody's in a strong relationship or not is because those people share saliva. Oh! So through kissing, through maybe oh. sharing food. So yeah. any activity that, um, that they're sharing saliva. Sounds a bit <gasps> disgusting really, doesn't it? Yeah. Then they, that's how they identify that it's a strong relationship. I can see that. And how bizarre is that? No, it makes sense. So, um, so you know how like there's some people 
who have tons of cavities and other people mm. who never brush and floss and they have no cavities. Yeah. So our oral flora is established when we're ba- – because, you know, when we're in utero, we don't actually have any bacteria in our mouth because we don't yeah. have a bacteria anywhere. Mm. Um, and so we get colonized by the people who are kissing us, mom, dad, etc. Yeah. So we pick up their oral flora. Mm. And so the reason why – this is a bit, it feels like a little bit of a detour in terms of uh, a thought concept, but um, – So the mix of bacteria is very unique per people. And so Mm. some people have mouth bacteria that are very aggressive and create a lot of like acidic conditions and cause a lot of cavities and others don't. But Mm. so I can totally buy the saliva thing because I think Mm. that the the imprint of the particular bacterial mix in the saliva is quite unique. And if it's shared, there's a feeling of, hey, these two people seem to be rather close. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Fascinating, isn't it? That is fascinating. So, you know what I thought that you were going to say is like eye contact. And Mm. I'm going to go on another detour. So the thing that I learned in in the (laughs) pandemic is when I have visits with babies, right? So Mm. they're well baby visits at two, four, six, nine, and 12 months, et cetera, is when I, because I'm wearing a mask these days, and I can still make a four-month-old smile ridiculously yeah. and laugh with my eyes. Yeah. They're not looking at your mouth. They're looking at mm. your eyes. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. It is so cool. Well, they say the windows of the soul. It really, like, mm. it, yeah, it was, I was like today years old when I realized that yeah. you can, that babies, that, that eyes are everything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. So it's not eye contact, it's saliva. Yeah. Totally Interesting. Cool. Very mm. cool. Isn't that cool? Nice. Thank you for that. That's lovely. I always think about, um, I love thinking about babies, I think, because I don't have babies myself. Um, But, you know, being a family doctor who sees babies in Mm. clinic, and four months is like, it's got to be the funnest. I don't know if you would say the same, but like four months is the most hilarious time because they're just like these little bundles of like smiles and giggles Mm. (laughs) and they're not having meltdowns on the floor yet (laughs) (laughs) well yeah yet (laughs) yeah absolutely and they're not teenagers (laughs) no that's a whole different (laughs) oh my gosh yeah good times yeah well thank you for that that was great good times you are welcome yeah right on shall we uh do a hot topic yeah which is actually connected to the news i've just realized as it always is in some serendipitous way today's hot topic how pregnancy affects a relationship and how to support your partner Mm, that's Mm. huge that's huge yeah. You know, I was watching a TV program the other day and uh, there was a, a woman on it was given birth mm. and it was um, a particularly tricky um, birth because the baby was the wrong way around and then the uh, the nurse managed to turn the baby inside of the stomach, mm-hmm. which looked quite horrific. <laughs> yeah. And um, And then the baby came out and then the baby wasn't breathing and I just like... Was this a really dramatic reenactment or was yeah, it? Yeah, it, was, oh, okay, it wasn't got it. like a yeah. true story. Okay. It was uh, yeah. just like a drama program. Yeah. Um, but it really brought me back to like pregnancy and giving birth and just how difficult it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought, I can't believe that I've done that. I can't believe I did that <sighs> twice. Oof. Um, yeah. And I do remember the second time when I was in labor, I said to my um, to my then husband, 
Um, I said, if I ever tell you that I want another baby, <laughs> remind me of this moment. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. And, but of course, your brain then yeah. kind of forgets all of that. And, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of years later, you're like, oh, maybe we should have another baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You know, as I've observed folks again, third hand, uh, not personal experience, but as I've observed folks, it, there seems to be sort of these waxing and waning moments through pregnancy mm-hmm. and, and delivery and, and being a new mom. And mm-hmm. what it seems is the first three months of pregnancy is just, for some it's okay, for most it's pretty horrible, like the, the fatigue and the nausea and vomiting. Mm-hmm. What's curious though is that um, coming into the second third, second trimester seems to be pretty cool, third trimester seems to be like oh my god like especially if you're like in the middle of summer and you're like you've got this like massive like beach ball in front of you yeah getting comfortable is hard but but the weird thing is like for relationship I often see that that's still pretty strong times that's still Mm. pretty good times because there's this anticipation and but the bottom can fall out after delivery I think Mm. you know Gosh, I think there's a lot of our our biology that sort of tries to kind of keep the man around for mm-hmm. just a short period of time after the pregnancy, like, and all the happy hormones and stuff. But there's this thing that starts that after delivery that I feel like we have to kind of take our frontal lobes and beat mm-hmm. evolution to push through because, yeah, I think relationships get very strained, possibly well, even through delivery and certainly after yeah, but the problem is the total lack of sleep, right? So yes. we're just not used to not... Um, if I think about it now, I don't think I could go back and do that again. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know how I did it then, but that kind of constantly being woken up in the middle of the night and it's really, really hard. So that, yeah. I think, just creates this little pressure cooker. Yeah. And, um, and you know, you can get quite irritable. You can be quite snappy. Absolutely. Um, and it just causes then this this... Um, kind of drama and trouble and not yeah. in all relationships not everybody goes through it but um you know even the strongest of of relationships can are tested by absolutely the lack of sleep and the and especially if it's your first baby that kind of just helplessness that you can feel where you don't kind of have all the answers you don't know yeah you don't know what to do with them when they're crying a lot and yeah um, and not and sleeping you, yeah yeah and if you feel like nothing's really working and mm-hmm. and then if you're breastfeeding then you've got like oh. another level of pressure as Absolutely. part of that so there's just so much going on isn't there which yeah. you can understand then it is going to affect the relationship yeah and yeah. I see a lot of men and they want to get back at work and they're like, I'm holding down the fort. I am, you know, the mm. breadwinner and so forth. But like what I what I know to be true is that these men are like, I need to get out. I need to. So what's really hard is I see a lot of women who feel abandoned and alone. Mm. Every one to two hour feedings, they're yeah. up and their partner might be like, oh, I need to get to work because I need to, you know, I need to get to sleep and so forth. And it's no one's the, the enemy in this situation. But I see a lot of women who feel very alone. Yeah. But I think that's a good thing in terms of, you know, when we think about the pregnancy itself and that kind of how can I support my partner, that's probably one of the kind of best things that you can do is to start to have some conversations about what it will be like once the baby arrives and how are we going to manage, how are we going to absolutely um, support each other, how are we going to work together to, um, you know, to make sure that everybody's needs are met as much as possible in a time yeah. that we know is going to be 
um, testing because of the lack of sleep. So like how, you know, what can we do then to help us to prepare for that to help us when we're in those difficult moments mm-hmm. how can we you know we talk we've talked before about creating sort of contracts and we don't mm. really do that this is a great example of how having some of those upfront conversations would be really then helpful wouldn't it after the baby oh. arrives and and nobody does this and especially in the age of social media because everybody's just so busy at doing these you know one month two month nine month photo shoots of all these like oh pregnancy belly and baby shower and guys our minds are totally not where it needs to be because Mm. i think the happy hormones affect both because it's a very romantic pregnancy not for everybody oh it's lovely yeah I mean, it's just exciting. The fact, yeah. I still think that it's just amazing that you can create a baby inside of your belly. Like, yeah. I mean, how just to to have that ability to be able to do that and to, you know, and then you get to do it again if you want. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just fascinating. I was obsessed with um with baby books mm-hmm. and looking at how big the baby was, and you know, today it's the size of a peanut, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then kind of seeing how the face starts to develop and the hands grow and it's just phenomenal yeah like it's just fascinating that we can do that yeah it is it it is and 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 I agree like there should also be room for anticipating the realities yeah of when that the fascinating creation of nature pops out um because it's no joke the the Mm. it's no joke the stress and also, like, we don't know what this baby is going to be like. Like, we have no idea how is it going to feed. Breastfeeding is is not is not an easy thing. Some like it's yeah. not a natural. Two people have to learn something new. Yeah. Um, and and gosh, colic and yeah. oh my god, like. And when when a mom comes in, is like this kid won't sleep. And I'm like, shit, man, I got nothing. Like. You know, because yeah. personalities, like a lot of like babies, you can tell who they are like immediately. Mm. They kind of pop out and like, shit, this one is going to be a rough one, isn't it? But, yeah. um, and, and at the at best of times, it's exhausting. Of course, at the worst of times, right? There's depression, anxiety, psychosis. You know, this can drive folks to, um, to abuse their child or to, to yeah. take it out physically on their child because you're just absolutely stretched beyond your limit. Mm. It can be a super, super um, awful time. And and setting up contracts before yeah. delivery um, to say, look, we can't even place ourselves in that position, but assuming that you'll be the most exhausted you ever have been in your life, yeah. what do I need from you and what do you need from me? Um, and ideally, to be honest, that, that conversation would be best had, honestly, before you commit to somebody. <laughs> How are you going to show up to that? Because date number two, yeah, <laughs> date number two. Honestly, honestly, yeah, mm. I, I, it's amazing how we wander into this with a partner, yeah. and we have no idea who our co-pilot is. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of nice things about pregnancy as well. It's not all um, tricky, and yes, I think we should probably point that out. <laughs> Your hair is fabulous, actually, in pregnancy. Um, luscious thick and fabulous yeah it's such an exciting time as well like um that anticipation of the baby coming out and Mm -hmm. i remember all we did was discuss kind of what the baby's going to be like and what sort of names Mm -hmm. we should have and Mm -hmm. all of those things and the excitement of going and getting all the um 
you know, all the little outfits mm. and all your baby things. It's just, it, it is a, like a really, really exciting time as well. Yeah, it yeah. is true. And I, <laughs> I do have a tendency to sort of, because I only see people who are having troubles. Yeah. I don't see the people who are yeah. doing just fine. Let's just say that. Yeah. Those, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a self-selection or it's a selection bias in terms of people who mm. show up at the doctor's office yes, um, it in is, pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's a chance, it, it's a chance to really deepen your relationship as well. If you approach it in the right way and, yeah. um, and, you know, really look at how you can support each other through um, the time. And I think it's important to say as well that, you know, men can struggle with pregnancy as well because they feel a certain amount of pressure because they mm -hmm. do feel like they're the provider and they've got to be kind of, you know, a certain way or so I think men can kind of really struggle as well. So it's important on both sides that we're supporting each other. Yeah. And really just trying to, to check in with each other and tune into what you both need as a as a partnership. But it's a great opportunity to strengthen your relationship. Yeah. Because it is yeah. beautiful to bring and you know another life into the world yeah ab absolutely and i and i do have to make a, a solid pitch for community here because in mm -hmm. our western way of living we're very nuclear we're very individualist and and i do have to say that's probably the most mentally unhealthy way to raise children mm -hmm. yeah. um you know even before you commit to somebody if you're looking at a partnership you will be wanting to look at their family your family their family and to mm -hmm. say is this a family who will you know, grandparents will come and drop what they're doing yeah. and come to stay with us for three months. Or I've got a f community of friends who could babysit um, or sort of bounce ideas off. Mm. Um, what I do know what I is that we were never meant to raise children in a nuclear family setting. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense that women um, become new moms and their only their only resources are a lactation consultant for a couple of times, and that's a private pay, or their family doctor or pediatrician or obstetrician who they see like three times in the first two months and and that's it it's ridiculous like you you do need somebody who knows what's going on at three in the morning yeah. whether that's your mom whether that's an aunt you know I yeah. remember ringing my friend at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> because yeah. my daughter wouldn't stop crying yeah right <laughs> I, was like, I yeah. don't know what to do and um yeah. and we ended ended up that my um husband ended up driving to a thankfully we had 24 hour shopping driving to a um supermarket to go and buy some milk oh, because we God. i was trying to breastfeed and yeah. it wasn't going so well um and it was just that she was hungry but at the at two in the morning when mm -hmm. you're beside yourself and you can't even think straight oh, um we God. gave her some he when he came back we gave her the milk and she was out like a light so she was obviously just hungry because I wasn't yeah, kind of yeah. you know either producing the milk in the right way or just wasn't really or the working. latch or yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so um yeah it is you do you you do need people around you mm -hmm. um don't they say it takes a village to to raise yeah. a child well and and there's there's weird shit that's popped up in this western thing of mom needs to do everything and be everything mm. which it has, that has to be dismantled. This thought of like, yeah. I want to breastfeed my kid and I want to be the one doing it. Yeah. Um, the most sane moms that I've seen so far are the ones who learn how to pump so they can get bottles prepared yeah. and they put their husband and, or wife or family or partner yeah. in charge of the nighttime feedings. Mm. And so pumping has actually been their ticket to freedom to get a few hours at night. But there's some moms who are like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to yeah. do all the feedings 
Yeah. Oh my God, no. <laughs> you know, I remember. So in the UK, you have um, you have midwives that come around and visit you after oh, the baby's born. Wow. And um, so, but the midwife was really, really adamant that I had to carry on feeding. And um, and then I went to my doctor for my six week check, mm-hmm. and um, I said, I, you know, they say like, how are you getting on? And I was like, yeah, everything's fine. You know, like things are, are okay. I said, I'm just not too sure about this breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, stop then. Yeah. And I went, yes. I burst into tears and I was like, really? Can I yeah. do that? <laughs> yes. Yes. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yes. I've never been more grateful oh. in my entire life. I came back from the um, appointment and I said to my partner, I was like, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and he was very supportive. Um, because you need, I think you just need that. You need that. Yes. It was so, like somebody else gave me permission to to stop, and then I felt okay about it. But there's a lot of pressure. I think we put too much pressure on on mums to be kind of perfect, and it, there's just yes. no such thing. And there's that whole comparison thing as well. You know, don't compare yourself to anybody else or what their child is doing. Absolutely. You you're just gonna um, drive yourself insane doing that. Yes. Oh, a a thousand percent. And what is funny is that, you know, the peek behind the curtain here. So in the last number of decades, we've we've created this massive breast is best campaign to try to counter a lot of the Nestle sponsored formula messages. So Mm -hmm. Nestle, big, bad, evil company really tried to put the whole world onto formula feeding for their own financial gain. And specifically in countries like China, India, and in um, other parts of the global south, they actually completely turned people onto formula. And if you know how expensive yeah. formula is, it's, it's this cartel. It's this like cocaine cartel. Um, so so the the lactation sort of specialist kind of really tried to push breast is best, you know, whatever. Mm. But the problem is we became dictatorial. Yeah. And we told women to not trust and believe and listen to themselves. Yeah. And so even now, a lot of us family doctors, at least here in Toronto, are really countering those messages because when they, when folks go to lactation consultants it's like breastfeeding breastfeeding and a lot of us family doctors are like dude chill out like yeah. i remember one woman who i saw a few months ago and she said i want to stop breastfeeding after four weeks or whatever she said i breastfed my first and this is my second she's like i drove myself crazy and i yeah. didn't have fun i didn't enjoy being a parent and i want to enjoy this baby yeah. the second one yeah. and i was like give her and she did and she her mental wellness just increased so much so i mean the thing is is like the whole point is let's the message is breastfeeding is best it's it if you can get just even a bit of breast milk in even like the colostrum you're good for folks who can breastfeed longer great but if it really is an intrusion in your mental wellness and health stop formula's fine kid's gonna be fine a mom's mental wellness is the most important predictor of how a kid is going to show up yeah. and grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But there is, there's a lot of pressure and I think it's trying not to kind of give into that, isn't it? And yeah. tune into yourself. What is it that you want? Um, what's going to make you happy? What's going to make your baby happy? It, it has to be because I think the one thing that we do know is that a mom's anxiety breeds yeah. anxiety in kid. Yeah. If mom is anxious and keyed up, the kid learns that the world is an unsafe and a dangerous and a threatening place. Yeah. You throw, you know, again, within reason, throw caution. It's the same as like the recommended foods and so forth. And in, mm. in, uh, in pregnancy is like, have a glass of wine or 
every once in a while. I mean, you know, the French, I don't know. <laughs> they drink wine through their pregnancy and like, no, and I, I don't want to be cavalier, obviously, like mm-hmm. an occasional glass of wine. Um, and the French are fine <laughs> or, or not. No, but I mean, and also like all this, like not, no unpasteurized cheeses, no sushi, whatever. Like there, there are some people who are sort of turning that wisdom on its, cause it's not wise. It's kind of patriarchal and stupid. And so I think there's an, what is that book of, uh, a chef or a woman who's like, screw it within reason eat what you want. Maybe mm. I'll, I'll send you a link so you can, but you know, just really like stop being patriarchal to women to tell them. Uh, what to do in their pregnancy yeah. and in their new momhood. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is not making me want to do it again, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> my baby my baby making days are over. <laughs> Factory is shut. It is. It is. <laughs> oh my gracious. Now it's like garden um, parties and drinks in the sun. It's it like... is garden parties. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I think you get to a certain age and like when your children kind of grow up you just you you do kind of get to that stage where you're like actually I couldn't um I couldn't go back to that again um yeah glad you did it I'm so glad I did it just not but yeah I don't need to do it again yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it is a fascination for folks like myself who've never been pregnant never Mm. had a child like you know I do have a major amount of FOMO I you know it's something you know, when you sit with a childless or child-free mm. life, you're, it's, I would, I've always wanted to become pregnant. I've always wanted to experience that. It's a little, yeah. it's not just a little, but a, a, it's a lot kind of hard to, um, so there's a fascination for sure. Um, anyways, that's. It is opinion. a, fa- like, it is yeah. an absolutely wonderful experience. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. because just, and I do genuinely think that it's just amazing that you can grow a baby inside of your belly yeah. so I think it's a privilege yeah. to be able to to do it and to yeah. you know bring another human being into the world yeah I, yeah I do have to say that on those prenatal visits when I'm putting my Doppler on someone's belly and I'm listening mm. to that heartbeat I do have to say that I I just sit there for perhaps 10 to 15 seconds longer than I need to. Yeah. And I just kind of let that Doppler probe just sort of sit there. And I'm like, wow, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, Mm, it is. All right. Maybe I'll do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so easily persuaded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Shall we um, move on to a question? Absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. with the uh, children theme in Mm. this uh, question (laughs) I'm divorced and I have three children I've recently met somebody new but they have four children is it possible to make this relationship work or are there too many kids between us (laughs) you know I never saw the Brady much but that was (laughs) that was something that was always sort of culturally brought up Mm. uh, about this sort of and I think that was a very groundbreaking show because it sort of countered divorce and blended families in a, mm. at a time when that wasn't sort of uh, socially acceptable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's a lot. So wait, where's my math? Three plus four equals seven, right? Yeah, seven children. Wow. That is a lot. Oof. So lots of stuff there and lots of kind of mm. judgmental language, right? Is it a lot? Yeah. Is it too much? And yeah. Uh, yeah, so start to deconstruct this. What's coming up for you? Um. <laughs> weirdly the thing that's coming up for me is 
you'll really struggle to have a family holiday. Oh, <laughs> Can you imagine buying like nine plane tickets? Yeah. So herding like, cats. Yeah, and just trying to find some accommodation. Like, I mean, you're going to be in a villa for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, you yeah. wouldn't be able to get kind of like hotel rooms that are big enough for um nine people so um that's the thing that comes up for me but also on the other side what comes up is you're right nobody's to say whether something is too much for somebody else um it's about what is it that you two want I think the other thing is kids don't stay at home forever they don't stay little forever they grow up and they hopefully move away um (laughs) so you um you know, you do have that, that, you know, if, if the relationship has some longevity, then, you know, you will move beyond the children right. um, and it will eventually become kind of about you two. So I think it's important to really understand, are we, is this the right person for me, mm-hmm. independent of kind of how many children there are? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, too, is, uh, you know, I'm assuming that you don't both have full custody, Right. Mm. I think that Brady Bunch well, show sort of showed, assumingly, that everybody had. I I didn't watch the show. I'm not yeah. sure if they were widowed or divorced, but mm. um, I'm assuming that the kids will only be with each partner part time. Mm. Not yeah, necessarily, possibly. but yeah, yeah, you don't know, do we? I think one thing I would say is, um, if that is the case and you've both got shared custody, try and align the custody so that you've got them at mm. the same time, and and because then you get a bit of space for yourself as well. Oh, that is yeah. my best advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's a really cool concept because, you know, a lot of folks that I speak to when they that the custody ar- arrangement is mm. um, super fraught with a lot of emotion. There's a lot yeah. of feeling of loss. Um, and I think what you've said in the past is uh, don't focus on the time that you don't have mm. your children with you as sort of loss and grief, but maximize that and get some space for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah 100%. It's yeah. kind of you get the best of both worlds because you get to be still a mom and, and focus and have that kind of special time. And and then when the children aren't there, then you get to kind of do all the things that you want to do. So I I tended to try and kind of do everything that I needed to do, like when I didn't have the children so that when they were there, I could be 100 percent present and focus on them right. um, and enjoy the time that we had together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I think, you know, going back to this question, it is, it is tricky. Um, It's not, it's not going to be kind of plain sailing because when you try and bring two families together, um, you know, the children didn't ask to be in a relationship, but they end up being in a relationship. So I think it's trying to bear some of that in mind, but I would go back to kind of the, you know, them, them two as people, do they really want to be together? Do they, if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the, you know, extended family, would you have no qualms about saying, yes, this is my, this is the man for me. Mm. So really think about it in that term, mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of fixating on the, on the number of children. Ah, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. But you're right. Correct. Correct. There shouldn't be a matter of numbers, but there will be like the more people you come into combination, the stepchildren, stepsister, yeah. brother, uh, step parents, like the more potential there is for mm. uh, clashing. But I think that also comes into um, just whether one or seven is that when you have a step, anybody, yeah. um, is that you 
you can't and shouldn't try to force a relationship or sort of force people to be okay with um, and in love with each other and to consider you as another parent is that if you sort of allow people to have their feelings and take their time to adjust to the relationship, whether it's one or seven kids, something, this is a bit of an aside, but um, I was speaking with my sister recently Mm. and um, she finds herself in a relationship with somebody who has a a younger child and she is now step, step mom. Uh, you know, they're, they're not married at, the, at this point in time, but stepmom. And a big thing that she has as the step parent mm-hmm. that she's kind of learned is don't try to be a step, a better step parent than your partner is a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, just let water find its level. Yeah. You know, don't go out of your way to, you know, I, it was just such a really interesting thing is just allowing water to find its own level and not yeah. trying to force things. Yeah. Yeah. is something that she's really It's a really good to analogy to think about, isn't it? Because we do have to just sometimes let things form naturally rather than trying to force things to be there. Um and it is it it's tricky. It can be tricky as a step parent to know kind of what what to say, what to do and um you know kids kids can be challenging and and they can be assholes. It can be hard, right? <laughs> yeah. Like and yeah. you know and it is it, I think what's what is hard as well is that then they're, they're never going to be your children mm-hmm. um and we have to always remember that they're not so there'll be certain lines and limits that should never be crossed yeah and try because let's say on a, on a at a time where you have all seven of these kids together yeah. is that you're going to be parent to some and they're going to have another parent yeah. somewhere else who has a great amount of influence and love yeah um but that's not you and yeah. and that's out of your sphere of influence yeah. and control. Yeah. Yeah. So a great amount of humility, right? And patience. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Need some patience, need some empathy, um, some understanding, some compassion. Um, it really is digging into some of those um, more emotional qualities that we all possess and have mm. and, um, and and exercising that. Yeah. Mm. so this question sort of goes beyond like what kind of minivan or small bus you would have to to purchase to sort of accommodate it goes beyond Mm. the numbers I think the question the person asking the question is like well what about the numbers and I think what we're hearing here is it doesn't matter if it's one or ten yeah is the relationship right yeah yeah is that person your person yeah yeah Yeah. That's what I would say. And also I would take things slow as well. You don't, I wouldn't kind of rush to join families together and, Mm. um, you know, take your time and discover whether the relationship is right for you, independent of of any of the children before you kind of move on to, with the relationship. And, and so a prolonged dating period, hey, you know, speak to that. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you don't have to you know, you're not making immediate decisions. You're just at this stage deciding, do I want to invest some time in this relationship to see where it goes? Mm-hmm. I think there's fear in, in this question, isn't there, about, oh, is it even worth kind of starting? Because, or is it just going to be too difficult? There's that kind mm-hmm. of, you know, fear and worry, I think, that's being generated. Well, don't put so much pressure on yourself at this stage. Just mm-hmm. explore the relationship and try it on for size and see you know, through dating and having kind of nice time together just to see where, where you think it could go. Yeah. Yeah. So 
what it, what it is, what you're saying is that you don't have enough, you don't have enough information to decide whether this would be. Yeah. So dip your toe in the water a little bit. Yeah. You don't have to get married tomorrow, but no. you know, everything worth doing in life comes with a risk of heartbreak and deep yeah. pain and grief. Yeah, um, so rather than sort of walking around the pool and wondering what the temperature is, mm. you know, think about just dipping a toe in. Yeah. It might burn you. It might freeze <laughs> your toe <laughs> off, but you know, you're always going to wonder what ha- if, what if I dipped a toe in and yeah. just gone in the, gone in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it hurts. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, best of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Life is for living. It Don't is. stay on living. the sidelines. Sometimes you just got to take a chance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, geez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things I, I think we forget in our very modern, in air quotes, because obviously a lot of the things we're doing in the world does, don't feel very civilized now, mm. but um, we forget that pain is an inevitable and crucial part of the human experience. Yeah. And it's funny how we try to do everything to exist everything without possible pain. possible to avoid it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We think there's a workaround. There yeah. ain't. Yeah. So if you can assume that pain is a normal part of the human experience and it's something that you can actually get through, you can experience deep pain and loss and you can get over it. And most people will say that if they've had this profound connection with somebody, whether a child or a partner, mm. and they lose that child or partner, yeah, I've never heard anybody not say the time that I had with them is worth the pain of losing yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. might as well dive in with two feet, <laughs> with yeah, two feet, do it. jump off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Oh. Well, <laughs> I feel like we're getting fun. into the existential hour again. <laughs> I still think that we should have a mid, a midnight podcast streaming a in all locations podcast. of yeah. Sarah and Anna's musings. Can, you can do live podcasts actually on the platform. <gasps> oh, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's to think about more to think about yeah absolutely yeah. if we want to do the the witching hour podcast yeah. about about what we think about life and our meaning the meaning of life yeah for sure yeah <laughs> till then this was a lovely uh pregnancy and uh parenthood uh, it was centered. yeah it was very um, family friendly it was a family friendly <laughs> podcast exactly yeah. i don't think sex came up once <laughs> definite g rating well until now <laughs> this turned it into pg-13 yeah <laughs> yeah uh, right well i'm gonna go and treat myself to a little nap now you go have a nap there girl that's what bank get my blanket yeah. and uh, have a little nana nap. <gasps> sweet excellent yeah. well enjoy a pleasure I as will always do, yes <laughs> and uh thank you and um till next time till next time So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.